This is ILX. Hello and welcome back to ILX Podcasts. For episode two of our Women in Project Management series, we're delving into the importance of diversity. Now there's so much to say on this topic, so this is part one of two. I hope you enjoy these podcasts and if you do, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And as always, if you want to get in touch with us, all of our contact details and our social media handles will be in the description box of this episode. Hi, I'm Anita Figuera. I'm Shalina Samani. My name is Sarah Bostock. I am Bahadur Sarj. I'm Sophie Osborne. I'm Noor Jahan Katoon. My name is Alice Crabtree and I've been joined by some absolutely incredible women for this podcast series who've kindly agreed to share their stories and experiences as women working in project management, along with their thoughts on diversity. What more could you ask for by having an incredibly diverse range of people, particularly women that bring so much they all bring their own different flavour into an environment. It's almost by accident we learn these things. Actually, we need to open up, ask them, you know, what are your experiences? Is there anything you want to learn from me? And have those non-work conversations where people can actually say, how did you get through this? How did you get into project management? What does diversity mean to you? From gender to age to mental health, differing skill sets and levels of experience even, why is it so crucial that we open up the conversation around diversity? Why should we share our experiences with each other? Why is diversity ultimately so important? I think diversity is important in project management. I think um, one thing that I'm particularly interested in at the moment is really understanding the makeup of project teams and in context of helping teams to become really effective in those roles. So I firmly believe, you know, having people in the right roles at the right time with the right skill sets doing the right things. And if you get that right, you know, you can get such a positive outcome for the business in terms of the project delivery side of things. So so I'm hugely passionate about that. And I would look at, at that to in, in context of being diverse and inclusive of people with different skill sets and experiences that maybe we wouldn't have considered in the past, you know, perhaps. Um, and just to have a lot bit more consciousness in that project team makeup, I think, would be a really positive thing. And if I reflect on, you know, how how we are as an organisation at the moment, the changes that we're going through, and I'm sure many other people will be able to relate to this, you know, we are having to be quite mindful on the, the size and scale of, of teams within the organisation. And as that becomes a bit more challenging, I think we have to be a lot more emotionally intelligent, a lot more considered in terms of how we utilise the talents that we've got in, in our project teams. I don't know how I can top that, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose, for me, becoming in as an apprentice, you know, we're really young starting off in a, in a company where a lot, quite a few people have been here for years. Mm. So we're brought in and we've, we were told to like bring that diversity into sort of you you'll see things with fresh eyes it's sort of an idea of what we we would put forward and you'll see things from a different way we're learning project management from scratch and we'll be looking at sort of different APM box that other people will have dealt with so for us we get to see the diversity of project management skill sets within the business just from 
however people however long people have been in the business so for us like already coming in we thought it was a really good idea of promoting diversity because you know we've got people from all different backgrounds on the apprenticeship scheme and we all get the same opportunities the fact everyone brings their varying viewpoints it creates the discussion Mm -hmm. and it's then from that discussion that things will change and change for the better because you're then trying to incorporate everyone's ideas into creating the best possible outcome and without sharing that diversity of a viewpoint you're not going to get change and you're not going to get progression whether it be for a process or rewriting something Mm. it's just the way of moving things forward yeah and and I think it you know you're right I think it does drive innovation ultimately Mm. you know you can get different perspectives which does influence a different outcome and sometimes we really need that and we might not appreciate it at the time that we need that but um, I think having a a very rich discussion with a collective can often, you know, pave the way to to greater things. So yeah, it's really yeah. positive. I think I mean one of our company um, sort of values and behaviours is, is around collaboration, and I think that's very helpful in terms of setting that up in terms of uh, being a lot more um, open to other people's viewpoints and you know truly collaborating and co-creating solutions I think is really the way to go. The, the question around why diversity is so important because what what more could you ask for by having an incredibly diverse range of people particularly women that bring so much they all bring their own different flavour into an environment and how much you can learn. Mm-hmm. Personally I've learned so much just by hearing people's stories Absolutely. within a working environment who are in a similar environment um, and how powerful is that? Yeah. You know, storytelling is such an honour bang on about this all the time. <laughs> but, keep, keep banging you know, on. It's, it's, it's something that, it, you know, there's no borders for, you know, storytelling and everybody understands that. And I've learned so much by watching, they could be junior to me, it doesn't really matter about Absolutely. what the level of grade that they are, mm. but they could be a junior member of staff, but by sharing and understanding what they're doing. But I think you come down to the point about when you're trying to be a role model for, for women in project delivery, project management, is we don't maybe do ice from my perspective anyway we don't do enough listening mm. if we start to listen to see what what other women are going through and those challenges then that will help personally that's what i think no i think you're absolutely right but that goes to the conversation of uh, openness but i was saying you know it's almost by accident mm. we learn these things actually we need to open up ask them you know what are your experiences is there anything you want to learn from me and have those non-work conversations Mm. where people can actually say how did you get through this how did you get into project management what does diversity mean to Mm. you and and we talked a little bit about bias very briefly Mm -hmm. but given that we all come with our unconscious and conscious Mm -hmm. biases if we don't have those conversations and learn regardless Mm. of status age race religion sexual orientation Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter we've got things to learn from everyone and and it's one of the things that i think women bring to the table more is that capacity to listen Mm -hmm. um it it just adds so much richness it's like you were saying earlier about like paving the way for people coming Mm -hmm. after us like none of that's going to happen at all unless people talk and ask questions because like Mm -hmm. i find myself doing that all the time to people how did you get into this mm-hmm. oh you did that like mm-hmm. how did you where did you find that how can I access that all that stuff it's like we're not going to get any further without that kind of transfer of information yeah and that goes back to what Nurjahan and, and Baha were saying earlier around the, the whole idea of holding the skills to yourself and not sharing mm-hmm. unless we're open about actually I took a recipe and made a meal for my family and that's exactly what I do when I do a set of requirements and look at what it is I'm going to deliver in a project mm-hmm. that that the basic nature of the fundamentals mm-hmm. of project management and project delivery 
we do it all the time. Yeah. We're just doing it more consciously and we're doing it and getting paid for it, which is quite nice too. And, <laughs> and it gives us all these opportunities, working with people from all cultures, all dimensions of work experience, mm-hmm. academic and non. We have so much to learn from each other. Mm. And that's one of the biggest privileges of being a project manager or yeah. a portfolio or product manager. We get to learn from each other every single day. Yeah. Um, a female background, I think, has got this crisis management um, as, as the norm uh, because uh, effectively, like you say, you either have minimal resources um, or something really unexpectedly happens. And if you observe, mostly female pick up the, the, the quick action, you know, um, and, and that is in, in project management that is also a key uh, factor um, because uh, although you know we are looking at how do we um, best utilize what is available to us um, and that availability may be very limited and that is the challenge isn't it that is even more satisfactory solution that when you bring that you have very very limited of everything but look what you achieved and the satisfaction and, and um, pr- pride that you have out of that um, I think female per- person mind works better at that than than a male this is my observation mm. i think that's really interesting and i and it, what it triggered for me as well as the whole idea of climate control one of the things i often talk about in project management is that we we are responsible for the cr- climate we create and if we talk about climate control and and needing that diversity in our teams whether that's on on personal basis of race religion gender or indeed skill sets, we set that climate. We need to manage that microclimate within the team and then the wider climate around our multiple stakeholders. And you start adding that to reducing waste and how are we utilising people? And Nurjahan was talking about capacity planning, capacity development. How do we grow people enough um, to make sure that they feel that they can offer something? And that goes back to, again, how do we bring women forward? Invite them to the table mm-hmm. and then ask of them, in terms of actually proposing, well, we'd like you to do this. How do you feel about approaching that? The only can- counter I've got to yeah, that please. is I feel anybody who's a real project delivery profession who's passionate about it, I think, um, please don't get bored of me saying this, <laughs> I think there's a responsibility on individuals to give back. And Absolutely I, and I there think is. there's not enough of that in the profession. Yep, agreed. If I don't give back, how am I going to create i don't mean to sound like a conveyor belt system like a manufacturing (laughs) factory or some sort but it's about taking on what you just said about we want to nurture up and coming newbies i don't mean by age but just no just new to the profession i'm going to give back it might be in coaching and mentoring like you do it might be you doing your fierce project management consultancy firm that's in my way yes it's a business you've got to survive pay your bills pay your rent but that's you giving back. Well, so isn't that why we're here today yeah, of, as well? Of course, we are. You know, this we is are volunteering back, and, and wanting to contribute our stories, Absolutely. our experiences. I think um, as a woman in project management, I think you're sometimes you're so lost in doing the day job, though, that you you are just focused on delivering that project. You're sometimes focused on all the things that aren't going to plan. That actually, you're not taking the time to notice all the things that you're doing that are amazing. And I speak to lots of women who maybe not great terminology, but are actually partly holding themselves back Mm -hmm. and they're not telling other people the great things they're doing and there's partly it's a cultural thing I think and it's about this um idea that women should be modest 
mm. as well. Mm. But I think that can also stop women giving Agreed. back because they think, what have I got to give yes. back? Yeah. That's actually, a really good point. Yeah. And then you get into discussions around imposter syndrome and yeah. things like that, which, which many of us, regardless of race and religion and so on, carry with us and therefore defer to somebody who we perceive to be more senior mm. or more capable and, in, and even with public speaking and things like that, we tend to say, oh, well, I can't possibly have anything to say. And, yeah. and you look at the author, authorship of books in our sector as well. Yeah. And, and actually, the authorship of women is really, really low. And you're right, the stories we have to tell, Norjan, we're not telling them enough. As with many things, there are challenges that come with enacting change. And diversity is no exception. Each person's experience is different, and therefore these challenges look different for each individual. So, what are some of these experiences that people have had, and how do we overcome these and move forward? And something recently, actually, just in November gone, that I started sharing with my team, because mental health has been quite a big mm, thing, and I think huge. that's quite an important strand to bring into this conversation yes, yeah, yeah. about diversity and inclusion is, I'm happy to share that I suffer a a very complex and severe form of PTSD. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's because I was attacked two and a half years ago. Mm. It, was, it was an Islamophobic attack. Wow. Um, and I can't use a tube till now because mm, of that, really? as an example, because it happened on the tube. No, like Johan, forgive me interrupting you, yeah. but what courage you have to continue to wear your headscarf despite that? Because that's the other thing. Is, yes. is Islamophobia, mm. as we know, is, is far too rife and, and mm. has been for many years. Because I was brought up with Muslim, but don't wear mm. a headscarf, I might occasionally be targeted, but not in the same way as you would, Understood. simply by choosing to wear. Of course, so, I get so that. the fact that you continue to do that with pride is is a testament to your Thank strength, you. and, and and that's important again as a woman. It's wonderful to see women in headscarf in management roles and leadership roles mm. now, because that wasn't the yes. case for a long I time mean, either. Absolutely. So when I started to share that story with my team. Mm. What did that do instantly? The fact that I had the courage to share that with my team, saying, look, there's all these services available. My mm. job and my duty of care to the people that I work around, not necessarily to me, but around me, mm. I could signpost them, look, these are the support services in place. Yeah. And I think, uh, sorry, I don't mean to bang on about this again, but I've, in, in this space around diversity and inclusion, I think it's really important to also acknowledge that while, because we, let's be frank, as women, we have to navigate an extra level of, nonsense in the workplace mm. versus man yeah. yeah and like i said earlier on that's not going to change in our lifetime mm. because we're fighting a bigger cause here so while we have to work 10 times harder just to navigate ourselves mm. and dodging bullets as i say yeah. um in that environment it's important that we have support structure mm. and coping mechanisms in place and we encourage that we yeah. encourage that because Everybody, should, everybody deserves to have that and find ways to mm. put those in place. Mm-hmm. But I think as women, and if and a woman, if you have many multiple reasons why you might appear to somebody to be different, mm. that structure and that support mechanism becomes even more imperative. Yeah. Mm. And I think mental health is very important in yeah. this. Mm. Right? But I think that's something that we as women have actually brought more openly to the workplace mm. because we do tend to talk about yeah. emotions and, and different levels of ourselves mm. more openly that brings the mental health discussion more to the fore, that we will say, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a bit down or I'm struggling with this mm. amongst our friendship Can groups. I respond to that? Please. And that's really good because there, yeah. there was two men, so my core team, there's 21 of us, two of the males came up to me after that particular mm. face-to-face team and mm. saying, I'm so glad that you spoke about that mm. because I've got the confidence, I feel now, that I can speak to my line manager who's within my team structure mm. to start talking about maybe 
how I can change my working pattern to accommodate some of my needs that I may mm. have. Yeah. And just to relate this back to an original point that you just made a while ago about women having this intuition, this um, almost natural ability to kick into survival mode. Yes. I think it's also equally important. It's not about being sexist and women are weak and men are weak. I think from a psychological, physiological, spiritual and physical knowledge we need to appreciate that there are differences mm. absolutely and we embrace that yeah and we work towards those strengths because there's some strengths like because of those differences that yeah. we would naturally slide into and we actually do a better job and we kick ass yeah. basically <laughs> more than that absolutely yeah. and i think but, it's important to, to to capture that yeah and i think the other thing with that and you spoke of it earlier to say about um the younger team members it's not necessarily about age or experience mm-hmm. But I have to say that from my point of view, the the young people, and I'm talking about the sort of the 20 plus Mm -hmm. generation, they're so much more aware of diversity, of mental health, of having open conversations. We were talking Mm. about periods offline. Mm. (laughs) I said it on the podcast. Um, (laughs) The the thing that they do more openly is have all of those discussions. And I think once we're, and and I'm older by Mm. quite a bit, but once you're 40 plus, you're in that generation mm. that still doesn't talk about it. So mm. we have a lot to learn from today's young people Absolutely. about that openness. Yeah, and I think just on that, actually, the conversations about gender with mm. the younger generation and millennials and Gen Z, actually, they don't have the conversations around gender in the same way. No, mm. not at all. Because they recognise the spectrum. They, mm. There's so much more recognition of gender and non-binary mm-hmm. and all of these different categories that we weren't talking about even five years ago. Oh, you just mentioned neutral pronouns mm. in yeah. a workplace yeah. and 95% of the people in the room are sort of looking at you. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. They have no clue about yeah. using a, a non-gender specific yeah. pronoun. Well, I'm going to ask a question mm. because um, I've been making lots of uh, job applications recently yeah. and um, when it comes to the question on the diversity mm. and, you know, uh, under the government rules, we have to ask you these questions. I was uh, answering them honestly and truthfully mm. And mm. I now stop doing that, and I'm just going prefer not to say, prefer not really? to say all the way yeah, down. That's interesting. What is your view? What is it that, um, how, how are they using that information? I'm, I'm just feeling mm. like you know, I'm barking at the wrong tree. It's, it's just not going anywhere. In, What's the point? Mm. That's that's where I am. Where I mean, are you? I mean, I don't know. Like, I think in theory they're meant to be separate from your application, mm. but there is a lot of evidence. They're not of, separate. Yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of evidence around the fact that you've, you've got a female name. You've got a th- foreign sounding name those things count against you still and it's not not deliberate perhaps but sometimes they're to your advantage sometimes people are actually seeking diversity these days and sometimes it it can help but but yes the unconscious bias is very much at play people seek the familiar and generally and there's again evidence out there of you know just changing the name between male and female and the difference that can have Mm. but actually when you get into an interview room as well you give the, it could be the same question and the same answer, but for a man, it's like, oh, that what great leadership skills, and for a woman, like you were bossy. Yeah, you were bossy. Let's you use were, the bossy mm, word. Yeah. But but to answer the last question, my personal view is is to say, be honest. Yeah. You apply and you represent yourself, mm. and whatever you put on your application, you should be proud of. Mm. So to give you an example. I can't bear the term Asian. I was born in Africa, (laughs) and I'm African Indian. Mm -hmm. So I'm black other on the sheet. Um, I I will not conform to a label that somebody else has provided me with Mm -hmm. that doesn't actually fit me. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me my label, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And if you're not interested in my label, I'll pick other. Because you you have no right to define me. Mm -hmm. So I would say, do what you're comfortable with, ethically, from my point of view. I would say, 
represent yourself in the way that's true for you because then when you do go to that interview you're representing you without having to compensate for something you wish you hadn't done on a form yeah and I think on that as well an interview a job application it's a two-way process Mm. you're deciding as much as they are whether you want to work there and Mm. if they if they're not going to value you for you and they're going to make those judgments then part of that decision is maybe you don't want to work there if there are things that is really bothering me, which has happened mm. uh, to me, um, and 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 that maybe I look for a one-to-one conversation and a yeah. and a corridor conversation. But it, it's pick your battles, isn't it? Mm. And, and again, it's that the adaptability forums, and flexibility. Exactly. Yes. It's it's a very high enc- mm-hmm. encouraging yeah. thing what you've done, you know. And maybe I would come to that point if I've done all my one-to-ones and mm. it still hasn't mm. given the expected outcome, mm. then I would do collaborative. But the other thing is, sometimes it's safer to say it in an open forum rather than trying to do it as a one-to-one because, again, the microaggression perceptions and so on. But for me, actually, if the facts are all in the room, I will bring the passion Mm. in because I don't see the point in being at work unless I'm passionate about Mm. it and I'm passionate about everything I do. So I I bring the emotion with me and and whilst, yes, you, you, again, have to adapt and be flexible... Why not bring it? Bring that excitement, that energy, yeah. and or indeed that frustration and, and to bring it to solve it. Uh, why not? Mm. Um, you get picked on. Um, that's that. That's that's uh, been my. And experience. I think that's what we need to change because I think what I often see is, and we talk about women being emotional and sensitive, but I see a lot of sensitive men. Absolutely true. Absolutely but then that true. can also be sensitive in a way of how they then respond. Yes. And, uh, the kind of alpha male type of leader is bang your fists on the desk, shout. And that's just a way of them expressing their emotion. And that's sometimes... And it's not necessarily a negative. No, but it can be. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, as with Um, all things. Yeah, exactly. And it depends on the context, doesn't it? Um, But then I also, I get frustrated and I cry. So Mm. when I feel passionate about something, and that can be passionate about my projects that are frustrating me because they're really difficult to get off the ground because I'm being hit by blockers... I cry and um, I did that recently and I've done that before but then now I'm kind of saying well actually it's okay that I cry it's it's the way that I express my emotion the way that somebody else expresses their emotion to show that they're passionate might be banging on the desk I can express my emotion by crying sharing experiences giving back and paving the way for others is crucial when it comes to diversity Moving forward requires input from everyone. Norjahan, one of the women involved in this series, shared one of her personal experiences with speaking up for the good of both herself and those that follow her. What just triggered in my mind is in this particular role, not that I'm trying to you know, be negative about the department I'm working for, but it's been a very challenging year for me. Mm. Um, it's been a challenging year because I'm the one of only two brand face in mm. SLT and that SLT is humongous like mm. 18 don't ask me why mm. and it's like a whole day event and you know, I've overheard my own SLT members mm. SLT is sorry senior, senior leadership, leadership team. Team. I mean, sorry yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm the only one that I like to say positively challenged not everything mm. but certain things that don't yeah. sit right with me because I'm quite evidence based and I, I like yeah. to be data driven right yeah. but from me hearing oh you know the woman with a rag on her head as mm. opposed to bothering to say my oh, name yeah. yeah. free syllabus is too much for some people <laughs> um, such complex syllables too. I, I, absolutely <laughs> but what he's taught me is that six months everybody's literally like 
being very negative, not mm. really engaging with me, mm. and couldn't quite understand mm. uh, me as a person because they mm. can't, they couldn't get over, you know, the vision, their own biases. Yeah, their you own mean. biases. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then we had this um, leadership conversation. They called mm. it. it was informal. There was only one sort of director, senior director, present there to kind of steer the conversation, and it was in that forum that I was able to share with them that you know what English isn't my first language I, I think in two other languages mm-hmm. before I push my words out in English yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I might respond one and a half second later mm. because I'm trying to do all this like you know internal interpretation in my mm. mind and I shared that with with them and I also then was had the confidence to share with them that I've just experienced a lot of challenges from my own SLT members sat around this table mm. that's how I said it mm. good um, who were not who've not been supportive of me yeah. Um, and it's only because how they perceived me and what I look like. Mm, yeah. I mean, those biases coming yeah. into play. And there's also that pack mentality yes. of what's familiar mm. and therefore they gain strength and confidence yes. by siding together. And even some people who may be uncomfortable mm. with such horrible phrases mm. will laugh and smile and joke along yeah. in order to belong. Yes, it's just I, absolutely. Yeah, it's, just it's yeah. banter. That's, that's what they oh, call good it. Lord, yeah. banter. And the reason I shared mm. that story is really is just to demonstrate that... Um, Women will always have challenges in the project delivery space. What that allowed members of the senior leadership team to do was actually take stock of what I said. Mm. So that courage that I yeah. found in myself, and I was really waiting for the right yeah. moment. It took me about six, seven months to mm. do this. Yeah. I did speak about it. As a director that I'm in, they've actually listened. Great. And they've taken steps to mitigate that for maybe mm. future people coming yeah. in. So this point around, if we have the courage, because it's not a role for everybody, mm. by the way. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Not, it's not everybody's going to be the one that's going to stick out. And hence we have yeah. to support others. Absolutely, yeah. but if anybody does, it's important that we do support. Absolutely. Come in and support that individual because it can actually have an impact. And sometimes we don't feel that this one little step that I take, yeah. that, you know, it took every ounce of energy mm. out and we could do that. Yeah. Like, mentally and emotionally, yeah. it was so draining mm. for me. Mm. And I was actually really scared of what was yeah. going to be re- the, ra- yes. the ramification. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a constant fear. Yeah, and I think definitely. we need to address this as well, like, we, we're fearful of addressing something because we don't know what the consequence is going to yeah, be yeah. or am I going to be held against that? In the, yeah. you know, is that li- career limiting now? Yeah. Yes. I did think that, but I thought, oh, sod it. You know, I'm going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to do it anyway because yeah. I got fed up of it. It, was, yeah. Yeah. it became quite hurtful to me now, mm. at that point. But it's we should we should encourage others to do that because it can drive an organisation to have a organisation-led initiative to try mm. to combat some of this stuff. So why is diversity so important? Well, ultimately, there is no one way of looking at things. So seeing and hearing multiple perspectives from a diverse range of people, both at work and in our day-to-day lives, can benefit us all. And creating space for everyone to have the same opportunities, particularly those that may not have previously had them, is paramount. However, unconscious bias does exist. So it's crucial that we support one another. Each person's experience is different, as we've said. Some have had and will continue to have largely positive journeys, but that doesn't apply to all. So listening to one another and sharing our stories can make such a huge difference, both on an individual level, right up to large-scale organisational change. Having a diverse workforce is better for everyone, and nothing will change until we start talking. Coming up in part two, we talk standing up for yourself, picking your battles, and how we as women, with the support of others around us, can lift each other up. And furthermore, how much of this responsibility should be placed on the organisations themselves? Make sure you're subscribed to find out.